Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Catherine Morehouse. The Biden administration announced on Wednesday it would ease economic sanctions on Venezuela, allowing companies to trade with the country that holds massive amounts of oil. For the past 15 years, the Venezuelan oil industry has been in disarray, even though the country sits on one of the largest crude oil reserves in the world. And U.S. sanctions have played a role in that decline to some extent. That's Politico's Ben Lefebvre, and the agreement would be a significant policy shift for the United States. But it's not likely to have a dramatic effect on the U.S. oil industry and world markets anytime soon. With talks with analysts I've had, there isn't expected to be an immediate energy impact. That might change over time, but I can tell you this, Republicans on the Hill are not happy at all. So today, we chat with Ben about the energy ramifications of this Venezuela deal, along with the Republican pushback. It's Thursday, October 19th. The main deal that was reached after several days of negotiations in Barbados was that the government of Venezuelan strongman Nicolas Maduro is agreed, in theory, I guess, to holding free and open elections in the latter half of 2024. There was language included in in the deal that was kind of vague, but it says, and I'm quoting here, we will work with our international partners and others to address the urgent needs of all Venezuelans inside and outside their country and to alleviate the humanitarian crisis. Okay, got it. And you report that this deal has been years in the making. Could you talk to us a little bit about what those negotiations have looked like and how this deal could benefit both the U.S. and the Maduro administration ultimately? Yeah, the past few U.S. administrations have taken a slightly different text in how to deal with the administration of Nicolas Maduro in Venezuela. Venezuelan used to be like one of the largest oil producers in the world. I think they're actually sitting on the largest oil reserve in the world. But ever since the administration of Hugo Chavez in Venezuela, there had been kind of growing concern about the human rights and and kind of civil rights atmosphere in, in the country. The Trump administration had taken upon itself to basically try to force Maduro out of power. And they had backed a alternate candidate for president. That plan never really went anywhere. The Biden administration has been trying to talk to the Maduro administration and trying, I guess, to basically take a softer approach and, you know, as we see with these negotiations, try to say, look, if if you allow free and fair elections, which would include international and kind of, you know, media monitoring of, of elections, we'll try to do things to alleviate the economic pain that the sanctions have put in place. I mean, there's been a lot of talk, uh, which we can get to in a second, how this would lead to more Venezuelan crude oil coming onto the market. But I think this deal would be better seen as a way to promote democracy in Venezuela and less as a kind of energy-centric deal. Okay, interesting. And just to to take a step back and, and set the stage here, we know that these negotiations come amid conflicts around the world, including the Russian invasion of Ukraine and the war between Hamas and Israel. And all of those things are really weighing on the oil markets. And as you mentioned, you know, this could put more oil into those markets. Does this agreement move the needle at all in terms of oil prices? 
it would not do much for for global oil prices. I mean, I think Ryset Energy, this market analysis firm, put it that they only expect like you know an extra two hundred thousand barrels of oil to come into the export market from Venezuela if sanctions were taken away, and that's basically as as they said a drop in the ocean that is the global oil market. Once we saw initial reports coming out in the news media that such a deal might be in the works, I think Brent oil prices, the global benchmark oil price, fell by about a dollar. And I think even since then, that that's pretty much been baked in and kind of tossed away. So I, I don't see that this really moving the needle in terms of oil prices, at least in the near term. Venezuelan oil industry is such a basket case. It's been so kind of thrown aside by the preceding regimes there that it's going to take a lot of work in international investment, frankly, to bring it back up to speed. And you're also reporting that this agreement has received significant criticism from Republicans. Can you tell us what you've been hearing? A lot of it is focused on the oil sanctions part of it, which I kind of mentioned is not really it's it's not a central part of the deal that's been announced so far on, on elections next year in Venezuela. But they've been basically, you know, kind of tying into the narrative that the Biden administration is trying to make it more difficult to drill for oil at home. But then they go to foreign countries and countries that are adversarial to the U.S. and try to scrounge up oil there to kind of placate the market. So that's that's kind of where it's come from. We saw Senator Lisa Murkowski from Alaska kind of bang on the deal. We saw Barrasso criticize it. We saw Senator Kevin Kramer saying he was going to introduce legislation that would bar the U.S. from importing any oil or gas from Venezuela or Iran. I mean, the U.S. would probably import some oil from Venezuela. But as I mentioned earlier, it's not going to be a lot and it wouldn't be for significant time to come. Also, the Biden administration will put nearly $3.5 billion toward hardening electricity infrastructure in a move it says represents the largest ever investment in the nation's power grid. Funds will come from the bipartisan infrastructure law and be allocated across 44 states, totaling 58 projects intended to improve power system resilience and reliability. The funding comes amid warnings from the nation's reliability officials and grid operators that extreme weather and the shifting generation mix are increasingly threatening the reliability of the U.S. power system. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power dash switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. And that's our show. I'm Catherine Morehouse, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Support for this program is provided by Chevron. Chevron is working to responsibly meet rising energy demand across their U.S. operations, like at their Gulf of Mexico facilities, which are some of the world's lowest carbon intensity operations helping supply energy that's affordable, reliable, and ever cleaner. That's energy in progress. Learn more at chevron.com slash meeting demand.